Hello. Hello. Good morning, Julia. Hello. Good morning, Georgiana. How are you doing? Um, excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for accepting our invitation to take part in our second podcast on uh, employer branding, talent management, and uh, HR-related themes. I'll just introduce you briefly. Yulia is an advisor for tech careers in Europe's top tech hubs. She specializes in talent acquisition, recruitment, and employer branding, and currently works for Marley Spoon, where she is talent acquisition manager. Congrats, Yulia. She has over seven years of experience in HR and will be sharing with us today what it is like to be a talent manager and to recruit primarily tech professionals. Just a brief introduction on Marley Spoon, which is a company that's actually super dear to me. It has made my life as a mom super easy by delivering weekly packages with tasty recipes and fresh ingredients directly to my door. I've seen Marley Spoon grow a lot uh, since last year and especially during the pandemic. And I've also seen it stay true to to its values. And this is why I love this company so much. So please, Julia, tell me exactly what does your role entail? What is talent acquisition, in fact? Right. So talent acquisition, basically, it's what happens before recruitment, but also includes recruitment. So where you create all of these strategies from where to attract your talents, it's um, the talent attraction part. As businesses are attracting new customers, also recruitment-wise, we need a talent acquisition function to attract new customers. Oh, sorry, new clients, new candidates. New candidates, of course. (laughs) So that's what you would say is the difference between talent acquisition and recruitment, because in my mind, they were always sort of the same thing. Yes, so talent acquisition is one step before, but might also cover recruitment. So it's it's a a broader term, which Mm -hmm. also includes the sourcing and finding of the talents, whereas recruitment is the actual process of recruiting and interviewing people. Okay, got it, got it. Um, Okay, so I imagine companies such as Marley Spoon grew a lot during this pandemic when everyone was ordering online and using um, these food delivery services to not go out so much. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm wondering, what is it like to witness such a huge company growth and work from home? How do you manage it? You who are a management professional and a recruitment professional, what was it like for you during this time? I think, indeed, it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, especially at the very beginning when this hit, we didn't know how to handle it properly. But of course, as humans were very adaptable and flexible, it was a bit tough at the beginning, but then we adapted to the new um, situation. Working remotely turned out to be a bit easier and company-wise, everyone adapted very well. Um, Now we pretty much have a hybrid setup where people can still come to the office with certain regulations, masks, distancing. So it wasn't that bad, I must say, especially because the business grew a lot. We we Mm -hmm. did it, it was we had some very successful times. So I think that made it easier for us to cope with the whole madness. Mm-hmm. And if you were to choose, you were telling me when we met for, for coffee earlier, you were telling me that if you were to choose, you'd choose to work from home and maybe just go to the office one or two days a week. Why is that? Exactly. I thought I could never work from home. I was never that type of person. But when I tried this over the past few months, I realized that I can be a bit more productive. I save time by not commuting anymore. And I still have energy after work to go out and do something. Whereas being the whole day in the office can be tiring. However, I don't want to be remote all the time. Summer of a hybrid situation would be ideal. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, super. What would you say is your favorite part of what you do? My favorite part of what I do is when people accept job offers and they join our company. And after a very tedious process, you get those people on board. That brings me huge satisfaction. I can totally understand that because I know that people migrate a lot in Berlin from one job to another. Yeah. And I know it's so difficult to attract them. So I can imagine why these small successes are not really that small and that, <laughs> and why this really, really makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, totally uh, understand. It's, it's the cherry on top. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself doing this for, for a longer time? Have you thought about it or not that much? I think so. I think pretty much what if, that's a field that's dear to me, that's mm-hmm. people and HR in general, because it's also kind of a businessy field, but with a mm-hmm. lot of emphasis, em- emphasis on, on people. Yes. And mm-hmm. I like this combination. And I think that HR professionals who are really successful are exactly those who manage to, to mix the two successfully, the mm-hmm. business part and the empathy part. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. a rather different question, a book that you're currently reading. The, the book that I'm reading at the moment is uh, The Sh- Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight. It's the I know very it. founder of, of, Nike of Nike back in mm-hmm. the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's a very inspiring book, also very funny. I'm somewhere 30% into the book, but so far I love it. So you would recommend it? I would. I've, I heard I've great seen, reviews. I've seen, uh, I've seen it recommended by a lot of uh, my Facebook friends and my Real friends, okay, some of them are also yeah. real friends. Um, so I've seen it a lot and I was always wondering, is it as good as hype says it? So I guess I'll, I'll try it. It's so far so good. I was also curious, that's why I started reading it, because I've heard uh, way too many reviews. Mm-hmm. To and you know it. what it's like with those books. They are, they're either super good or they really suck. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a marketing agency and as an employer branding professional, I work a lot with technology companies and we we help them recruit and maintain company talent. And many times tech companies can be these very cold, impersonal environments. But of course, not always. We've come across cultures that are, are very, very warm and companies that are successful at creating this very cozy um, culture and company atmosphere. So what would you say makes a difference? How, do, how does a good company succeed from the employer engagement perspective, from the perspective of creating a good nurturing company culture? Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point and super hard to tackle. I think all companies are struggling with this and also mm-hmm. looking at Marty Spoon at the moment. <clears throat> it, that's a topic that's on our daily agenda. How can we increase employee engagement? Especially since we... you're home. Now, exactly. Right? And that's mm-hmm. everything is much more difficult. And it's never, there's no secret sauce. There's no um, overnight solution. Mm -hmm. So I think, first Mm -hmm. of all, there has to be a lot of buy-in from the management for them to support a lot of initiatives that would help people strive and be happy in their environment. And then the team leads, the people department, and it's it's a joint effort. So Mm -hmm. there's not just Mm -hmm. one person that can coordinate everything. So everything has to support, including the employees. So it's more of... um, awareness, management buy-in, and then some some specific strategies. Because mm-hmm. without a, mm-hmm. a concrete plan with action steps, what we do to make sure our employees are successful, there's things are just drifting apart. And surveys, looking at data, 
think surveys are a very good wake-up call yep. to understand how your employees are mm-hmm. feeling and then mm-hmm. really take our action based on what you discover in those surveys assure people that they are heard mm-hmm. and then um to work on on plans on how to increase your yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. i totally agree and it's uh, as i was saying marley spoon has a, a very good reputation and has has the vibe of a company that encourages people of a company where people actually enjoy going to work i i told you that i I had some some issue at some point and in discussing with customer service, I just realized that practically everything works, I don't know, from my point of view, okay, from the point of view of, of the consumer. So now that you tell me that it's that a good part of, of creating a good company atmosphere is employee um, contribution, I think it it makes sense. You can see it. In my opinion. So, congratulations yeah, again thank for you. that. <laughs> and glad to hear you're a happy customer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in your career as talent acquisition manager? Has there ever been something that's <laughs> that's made you laugh? <laughs> well, you know what? With this question, though, in general, I'm a very funny person. Looking, thinking back at what what something funny that happened in my career, I was not able to pinpoint something, and I was like, oh. Am I that boring? Probably <laughs> the only things that kind of happen, they're not even funny, probably more embarrassing when you just get, get into a, an interview with a candidate and maybe 15 minutes into it, you just realize that you're looking at the wrong CV and then it's already way too awkward. Uh, and that happened twice in my life, which is okay. Uh, could have been worse. But I think this is probably the, the closest to I've been to something funny, which is more mm-hmm. embarrassing. And I'm sure there are pr- plenty of other examples of it. Oh, I need to dig deeper. Okay. I must say I'm very professional, so nothing <laughs> super funny happened. <laughs> I hope I'm not too boring. <laughs> okay, I'm, sh- I'm sure you're not. <laughs> okay, so getting back to books. Um, a book that's been super influential in your life so far that you can remember. Yes, yeah, so I think I've got two of those. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was really struggling with time management, prioritizing, getting into habits. I was all over the place, not being able to stick to every, to, to anything. And I discovered two books at the same time. Mm-hmm. I read those and I felt like my, my life completely changed. So one of them would be um, Switch How to Change When Change is Hard. Mm-hmm. And the other one is called The Power of Habit, which really taught me. I have samples from both of them in my Kindle. So maybe awesome. I'll, I'll actually buy I- the book. <laughs> Highly recommend those because it's all about building habits. When you run out of motivation, it's important to have habits built within Mm -hmm. so you don't always have to tap into your motivation. And for me, that was life-changing. And I can really stick to habits now. That's that's actually a a very useful point. I'm I'm sure many people will find it um, useful, many of our listeners. Has there ever been a blunder, a mistake, something that you're ashamed of in your career? that you can remember? Probably, I think it's more, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but it's more like a blessing in disguise. So looking back, I Mm -hmm. felt like I was not really in control of my career. Things just happened and I went with the flow. Even entering recruitment was probably by accident because I wanted wanted to start in marketing seven, seven, eight years ago after graduation. But just because that didn't happen, and it just so happened that I my first job was a, was in recruitment, and I just carried on from there, and I realized that was actually and you liked a it. good mistake, and I liked it. And then um, I did agency recruitment, and then executive recruitment, and now I'm doing tech recruitment, and I felt I was a little bit over the play, all over the place, just taking whatever comes my way. Mm-hmm. But actually, mm-hmm. 
they all tied out together perfectly. And looking back, it wasn't really a mistake that I was not in control. I was just open to opportunities. And that mm-hmm. really formed me as a professional that I am right now. So I think I really embrace everything and I wouldn't call it a mistake, but rather a successful course of life after mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And staying open and being adaptable exactly right yes nice super yeah. nice can you offer could you offer three tips for an aspiring talent acquisition manager who's just starting out and who would like to learn some some useful things absolutely um three of those the first one would be um Recruitment nowadays and talent acquisition in general is not just about being able to interview, but it's actually being able able to put data behind. It's a very number and data-driven market. So now there's a lot of people analytics, data analytics that goes into recruitment. So if it's the person should be able to strike a mix between empathy, what we talked at the beginning, having just people skills, but at the same time being able to look at numbers, to pull up reports, mm-hmm. and to improve processes in general to help the business because ultimately you're a business partner to the business of course and then it's important to know your data very well to Mm -hmm. be very efficient Mm -hmm. secondly would be uh, yes recruitment talent acquisition hr the people business in general so i would would say networking is very important Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. out and and meet people discuss exchange yes that's what we're doing now (laughs) conferences online nowadays um talk to people see what other companies are doing and always keep your all of the options open your ears and antennas open all the time because mm-hmm. you don't know where you get useful information from read articles attend events and be as open as possible because there's yeah. so much to learn and build your mm-hmm. network in terms of professionals link people and that would definitely be very helpful mm-hmm. and probably the third one it's something more of a of a general advice that would help in any careers in any career would be to be a person that people want to work with i cannot mm-hmm. stress enough of how important does the actual soft skills I are mm-hmm. over tech skills so if you can be the best professional out there but yep. if if you're a jackass to work with yep. it's all in vain mm-hmm. so make sure you are someone that people want to work mm-hmm. with and be kind eventually and be kind. Right? That's, that's a whole point, i guess right? that that works for life in general life in general. not just work yes you can never go wrong by being mm-hmm. kind okay and this brings me to our last question should you have the possibility to do whatever you want in the company of your dreams let's call it marley spoon what would that be let's say i don't know you had all the budgets in the world and all the possibilities what what would that be I think that sounds very cheesy, but I would choose exactly the same. More of a, probably besides recruitment also, even more employee branding, uh, employee engagement, something, mm-hmm. um, the future of work is, is a topic that's very dear to me, how we make sure that uh, work becomes more and more of a, of a happy place for people. And it's yeah. not, we pass over the work-life balance, which I think it's an old school um, mm-hmm. concept. So it's more how do we make sure that work becomes part of someone's life without being Mm -hmm. a struggle. So more on discovering what people want uh, and helping people succeed in their roles. So I would say close to the the people business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with more budget, I think there's just so much to do, right? I think (laughs) it it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. The the MBT that I had previously, Lavinia from EMAG, from EMAG actually, she was telling me the same thing. If she had the possibility, she would just 
allocate a, a lot of, of these a lot of money to improving learning and development and to offering the employees the possibility to choose a learning program for themselves mm-hmm. so i guess yes in the end it it all comes back to people and offering them the possibility to to be better at what they mm-hmm. do but not just at work Sometimes exactly. you better at what they are and what they do outside of work. Exactly. Also, right. And you go for a training or a learning experience in your job that you can you realize that it helps you overall in your life. Mm-hmm. Not just mm-hmm. As long as it's what you you opt for, of course. Yeah. Super, Julia. Thank you so much for thank accepting you. my invitation, and uh, um, we'll be in touch, of course. And hope to see you soon. This is Georgiana from Beagle Cat and this was the second episode of the Inside Podcast. Stay tuned for the next ones. Bye!